0: Why don't we stand um, and turn your Bibles to John 14, verse 12. As Jesus talking to the disciples, um, as he's preparing to go to the cross, Um, he says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Lord, we just pray that you would um, open our eyes to see wondrous things in your word today. And Lord, would would we get a glimpse, no, would we just get an absolute, open our eyes to see your kingdom in powerful and incredible ways this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys want to take a seat? So we've been uh, doing a little series, which I started last week, and we're, we're looking at the sort of ministry of the Holy Spirit. And what I, the, the big idea I talked about last week was I played a video uh, about, about John Wimber. If you don't know who John Wimber is, he's uh, one of the, kind of the founding fathers of the Vineyard Movement. And he talked about this incident in his life when he first came to Christ, because he came from a completely non-Christian background, radically saved. Anyway, he started going along to sort of churches, and he sort of sat at the back of a real sort of traditional church. And uh, at the end of the service, the pastor came up to him and, and said, oh, how did, how did you find that? And he said, oh, oh, that was good. I enjoyed the teaching and, you know, the worship was nice and these sort of things. And, um, but then, this, then John Webber turned to this minister and says, but when do we get to do the stuff? <laughs> and, and, and the minister was like, what do you mean? Like, the stuff. He goes, you know, the stuff. Like, and, he, and he opened up his Bible and he said, like, you know, the stuff Jesus did. The casting out the demons, the, the miracles, the feeding of the 5,000. Like, like, when do we get to do this stuff? And this minister, as you would have seen in that video last week, he talked about the minister, said, oh, no, 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 um, you don't have to do the stuff, you just have to believe that it was done. And, and, and John Wimber sort of, said, like, sort of made this reflection about that, like, that's crazy, like, You know, when I was doing with the devil, I was doing the devil's stuff. Like, I was enjoying all that sort of thing. I'm with Jesus now. I want to do the Jesus stuff. I want to do what Jesus did. And that's what that verse, I believe, is that's what that verse is saying. It's Jesus is saying, you will do even greater things than I have done. But I think, like I talked about last week, we can have, and even charismatic and Pentecostal churches, we can have what I call functional cessationism. Where we believe in these things, like we believe that it was done, but we don't do them. And I wonder if one of the reasons, I didn't touch on this last week, but I wonder if one of the reasons is that we often sit back and let the the anointed ones do it. And I'm not slagging off people who have got high giftings and prophetic or miracles or healing all that sort of stuff. But often I think we, the rest of us just sometimes sit back and go, oh, we'll let that person who's really prophetic do it. That prophet or that healer or that evangelist. We'll just let them do it because they're really good at those things. And there's another thing I really love about the vineyard that John Wimber used to say. They used to have a, a saying, that, uh, like a value that they had, which is everyone gets to play. Everyone gets to play. And what they meant by that was that it's not just about having a few anointed people that do all the kingdom stuff. Everyone gets to do the kingdom stuff. Now, there's some qualifications with that. Obviously, some people have certain giftings in an area where they're going to be at a higher level of doing different things in certain areas. And that's all part of being part of the body of Christ, right? We've all got different gifts and abilities and strengths and weaknesses, et cetera. But there's a, you know, when Jesus was, you know, telling those disciples, you're going to do greater works than these. He's talking to them, and he's talking to us. He's talking to his church across the world. You will do greater things than me. And that is true if you look at the last 2,000 years of church history, that the, you know, the Christians have done greater things than Jesus did in his time with miracles and with healing and with evangelism, if you add up that 2,000 years. And there's, a, I guess, the, thing, the question, like I said, what are the works of Jesus? Well, they are you know, healing the sick. Casting out of demons. Miracles. Like, these are the works of Jesus that should be part of our normal Christianity. This should be natural, supernatural life that we're living as Christians. It's this thing that um, Peter and John sort of activate us. This, this is just after Pentecost. They're filled with the Spirit. They're going, I love this. They're going to a prayer meeting. <laughs> they're interrupted by, by this Holy Spirit moment where this guy who's a, 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 um, someone who's lame, he can't walk, uh, and this guy cries out for some money by the side of the gate, and Peter responds to him with these words out in Acts 3:6 he says, "Then Peter said, "Silver or gold I do not have. I've got no money mate. But what I do have, I give you. in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, walk." And that man did. He stood up and walked. It's powerful. And do we believe that that same power that activated back then has activated across 2,000 years of church history is present right here now? Because I think that's the faith step for us, eh? Is, is to stretch to believe that, that the same power, that same kingdom power is available to us today. So let's, let's dive in this morning. I... Um, I'm going to share a couple of stories of, of me um, stepping out in faith, uh, and then, uh, then we're going to unpack a little bit of that. But at the end of this message, I, I really want to just have a time of activation. Is that okay? So um, this is last year. I was sitting uh, with a friend. Uh, not here. It's a different place. And I knew this friend, him and his wife, were trying to have a baby. And I just felt during this worship time... I just felt to, yeah, to tell him, I think you're going to, I think you guys, your your wife's going to get pregnant. I think within, and I even gave a time frame on it. I said, within a month, (laughs) I just believe that that your wife is going to be pregnant. Well, (laughs) thankfully for my sake, (laughs) she was. (laughs) He told me later on, yeah, um, about a week or two after that, yes, yeah, we're pregnant, you know, thank you for your word, that was so encouraging. I was like, ooh. (laughs) Okay, you think that's awesome? Later on, I was praying for the same friend. This is months later, and this wife's pregnant, and and I just had a real sense. I was like, I really feel like you're going to have a boy. And he had a girl. (laughs) Another time, I was uh, uh, at another sort of uh, church leadership thing, and there was a ministry time, and... I, yeah, sometimes I know some people see people when you're going to pray and you think, oh, that person just like dialed in with God and stuff. But sometimes I'm just in the moment and then, you know, this guy said to me and another person, would you pray for me? And I was like, okay. And so I'm just praying, you know, more Lord, more Lord. You know, you sort of just, you know, just doing my thing, just kind of not, nothing really coming to me. And then, and then I just in an instant felt the sense in my spirit, there's something around this guy's neck. And, 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 and I, I just I felt like it was, you know, not of God. I felt like it was something maybe demonic. And I, I just said this to this guy. I just said, hey, mate, I just feel like there's something around your neck. Like, I don't know, I think it's something, you know, of the enemy or something. And, and he just, like, kind of, and we're on the ground. And, you know, we end up doing all this kind of ministry time. And then afterwards, he, he said that was just really, um, you know, breakthrough for him. That, like, he was like, oh, yeah, I'd, I've been feeling that. I felt like there's something that's been... Coming against me, and I, I just that, that was thank you for praying for me for that thing. And I was like, Oh, great, I do hear from God. <laughs> and then another time, um, this is in one of my previous jobs, I worked as a property solicitor, and often I'd have to take like instructions for wills, um, often at the hospital or something. And I, I was with this lady, and she was giving me her final instructions, and I was writing it down. It was all very pleasant and everything, and she was going to pass away probably in the next sort of couple of weeks she had cancer. Anyway, I just felt like the Holy Spirit knocking on my heart and like to say something, like um, just to maybe offer to pray, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, like sweating, like there's sweat on my back, and I'm like, oh, God, okay, all right, go, Nick, no, go. And... and uh, <laughs> And I said to this lady, I was like, oh, look, I'm a, I'm a Christian. I, I you know, realise you're you know, going to pass away soon. Could I pray for you? And I was making some assumptions here too. This lady was quite elderly. So I was like, oh, you know, because there's generally like people of that generation, age group, have some sort of Christian background. Like you're like, oh, she's got to be Catholic or some sort of Anglican or something like something there. And she's like, oh, no, thank you. I don't believe in God. And then I was just like, Oh, this is awkward. (laughs) Because that was at sort of the end of the thing. And I was like, oh, okay then. Um, Well, I'll send the draft out to you. And I just sort of did a sort of (laughs) awkward... I think a a chair fell over. It was really awkward (laughs) as I went out. I tell all those stories for a reason. Two of those stories, I guess you could say, were, were wins. They were successes. I heard from God, something happened. And two of those stories... Maybe I heard from God, but something didn't happen, and, and it felt like a bit of a failure at the time. But what was the common theme about all those four stories? What was the common denominator? The yeah. Exactly. That I tried. Yeah. That I tried. <laughs> that I made an effort. That I did something. Mm-hmm. That there was some sort of action step. Um, that I did it. And that's what I was talking about last week at the end of my sermon I've been very encouraged by this um, thing from Jordan Singh. He's a vineyard pastor in Hawaii. Um, does a lot of stuff in healing and prophetic. And uh, there's, a, there's a vineyard saying from John Wimber that faith is spout R-I-S-K. And it, it's really good. I mean, it's, it's still, there's still some truth in that. There's some, there's some life in that. Um, but he sort of updated it to faith is spout T-R-Y, try. And the reason why he says that try instead of risk is because if you have faith is spout risk, in our minds often, we have high stakes. Like, oh man, I'm not going to do this thing because oh, I'm going to look like a complete idiot or oh, I'm going to really put this person off Jesus or oh, oh, you know, you're building up these big stakes in your head like if it's this big life or death moment sort of thing. But if it's just faith is spout try, well, anyone can try, Right? Like, anyone can have a go, even if it's a complete failure. You, anyone can try, can talk, can pray, can take a step of faith. And this is true of our lives, isn't it? No one just, like, tomorrow, you don't, you don't wake up and just think, man, I'm going to be a plumber today, and I'm going to be awesome at it. Like, if you woke up tomorrow morning and you're like, I, I really want to be a plumber, that's what I'm going to do with my life, you would you'd take steps to, to train as an apprentice and you would, you would take, it would take you years of learning and trying and getting things right and sometimes getting things wrong, but you would have to grow in that thing, wouldn't you? And that's true of anything that we do in life. You have to start somewhere. I think it's Confucius said it was on my ANZ statement for ages because I only had $3 in my savings account. <laughs> it was probably trying to encourage me to put more money in there. earth. like a journey, of a, single, a journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. It starts with that first step of trying, of doing something, and it's never going to be perfect straight away, is it? So I just want to talk about um, the parable of the talents. This is in Matthew 25, um, starting in verse 19, if you've got your Bibles in front of you. sometimes It's called parable of the talents. The, the word talent just means kind of a sum, so basically think money just make a big sum of money. And it's a, it's an interesting story because it's in the context that Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. And when he's talking about the kingdom of heaven, his kingdom, what he's talking about is his, his rule and his reign. Um, another way you could put it is is, is is the order, God's order, God's way of doing life. And he's, he's showing to the disciples and to the people who are listening, this is God's way of doing life. And... He talks in the story. You have a master um, who represents God, and you have three servants. And the master gives these servants um, different sums. So one one guy gets um, five talents, a big cash, what a cash, big, big lump of cash. And then another guy gets two talents. He gets like a, a smaller amount, but he's got a good amount. And then one, the last guy gets one talent. He gets a, like a little smaller amount. And, uh, and, then, and then then this master goes away. And um, we, if, you, if you're familiar with the story, if you're familiar with the story, the master goes away, and then when he comes back, he, he, he goes to these servants to see what they've done with what he's put in their hands. And the first guy who he gave five talents to, a big, water, big load of cash, he, he, he reports to the master, look, I've, I've gone and done you know, all this investing, I've, I've put this thing, and I've, I've doubled the amount that you gave me. I was, I was, you, know, I, you gave it to me, I went and did it, and here you go, here's double the amount, I've multiplied this. And, and the master says to him, you know, awesome, that's, you've done a great job, good and faithful servant, like good and faithful servant. I gave you something to do, and you took what was in your hands, and you multiplied it, and, you, and look at the blessing. And it's the same story again with the guy with the two talents. He does exactly the same. He he has two talents and now he's got another two. He's he's multiplied it. And then he goes to the he goes to the last guy, and and, and the last guy's like, Oh man, um, I, I I you know, he sort of freak, sheepishly comes to the master kind of thing. Um, I thought you were an angry and really tough kind of boss. And so I I, I just put I just hid you the money in the ground. Uh, and if you're familiar with the text here, it says, the master says, you know, you, you wicked and, 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 you know, not, not, you, you bad servant, like, you could have at least put the money in the bank and made some interest. Maybe they had higher interest rates in first century Palestine than, <laughs> than we have today, um, and, and hopefully a lot less inflation. Um, he's like, you, you, you didn't do anything with this. Now, uh, Jordan Singh makes this good point about the story because I used to always find the story very harsh when I was growing up, because um, maybe I related to the, the guy who didn't do anything, because I, I follow the path of least resistance most of my life. <laughs> uh, he makes this in- interesting point about that guy. Uh, oh, sorry, about the story, is that there's not a character who tries and then fails. You notice that? There's, not, there's, not a, there's, a char- there's two that actually try, multiply, do really well, and there's one guy who does, doesn't do anything, and he kind of gets told off. But there's not another character who tries to do it and then fails. And Jordan sort of makes this point about this, is that maybe the reason why we don't have that character there who tries and fails is because God's not worried about the failing, he's worried about the trying. That God's not worried about us not getting it right 100% of the time, or, or being this massive success thing. He's actually about our hearts and what we're doing with it. You know, like What's in our hands? And are we trying? Are we trying for the kingdom? Kingdom opportunities. Which reminds me of this story um, by a guy called Sean Bowles. Uh, if, if you're familiar with this guy, he's a very prophetic guy. Like, he's the sort of guy who gets people's phone numbers and that sort of detail when he's giving a prophetic word. So, like, high, high level of prophetic insight. But in his book, Translating um, God, he shares a story about that he often goes to diners. And in the diner, he, he, you know, stretches his faith by going up to people who are not Christians, just people who's randoms he met in the diner, and he actually sort of basically practices, actually sort of says, hey, look, I felt, heard this from God for you. Um, or he just says, "Does this name mean anything to you?" Or something like that. Some sort of intro to a to a random stranger, and and you know his amazing stories of, of you know how people have come to faith through doing these prophetic steps. Um, but in one of the stories, he went up to this, I think it was a lady, and he said to he said to this lady, "Like, does the name such and such mean anything to you?" And and the lady just said, "Nah," and he was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> And so he sort of turned around to like leave, and um, and he's thinking, "Flip, I've, I've stuffed this up." And and the lady said said to him as he's leaving, "But why did you ask me that?" And um, and he's sort of going through his head as he's about to go to talk back to the lady, "Oh, oh no, how am I going to explain this? Like, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm going to be oh, this is not going to be good. Like, this is going to even get worse, and I'm even going to put this person more off Jesus in the kingdom." Well, actually what happened was he ended up sitting down with this lady for about two hours, having this big in-depth conversation about how he hears from God, that he loves Jesus, and that this is why he's doing this. And at the end of those two hours, that lady gave her heart to the Lord. And the, the point he's trying to make with that is that even when we fail, God can use that. But if he hadn't tried, would that opportunity have been there? Even in his failure, God can use that, and I felt that's so encouraging, isn't it All Right? and this is the, as i as I sort of come into land this morning and as we as we spend some time as um, activating our faith there's a, there's a reality that God uses us. we know that God can do everything right i mean we weren't there when the world was created. He did all that on his own. We know that he can do anything at any time. That's his power that he has. But he chooses, as we read through scripture and as we know through church history and through our lives, that he chooses to use you and I. John Singh says this The reality is, God routinely partners with us to get things done in the world. He reveals truth, but we have to preach it. He offers salvation, but we gather in. He shows mercy but we serve the poor. Supernatural ministry works the same way. God is the source of the power, but we lay hands on people or speak commands that the power might flow to others. Who empowers supernatural feats? God. Who does them? We do, usually. He goes on to say, In many dozens of recorded episodes of supernatural healings in the New Testament, there is not a single case of a person being healed as a result of petition alone. Every single recorded healing happens as the result of a person applying supernatural power directly to another person. In a few cases, the minister initially petitions to God to grant him or her power, but always the healing itself is triggered through a human touch, a spoken command a transfer medium like anointed cloths or oil, or some other form of person-to-person application. Which leads me to the quote I want to finish my message on this morning, from St. Augustine. Without God, we cannot. He's the source of all power, right? He's the one who made the universe and everything, including us. Without us, God will not. He's looking for people who are going to partner with him to bring kingdom life. In every situation, even on Sunday the 22nd of October, Labor Weekend in Palmerston North, he wants to move. His kingdom wants to break through to situations. When I talked about that order of heaven... You know, sometimes I think we hear the word order and we we think that's all about sort of structure and rigidity and conservative sort of stuff. Um, But really the order of heaven is that in in, in heaven there's no sickness. In heaven there's no demonic oppression. In heaven there's no poverty. And when we're praying, like Jesus said, let your kingdom come, let your will be done, what we're doing is we're actually asking God... We're partnering with him to bring heaven down into earth through us to others. A sign of the kingdom. So when we see someone healed, when we see someone freed from demonic oppression, when we see someone come to salvation, when we see incredible works of the kingdom where people um, who have been in poverty and have been struggling with needs and Christians reach out to them, that's the kingdom of heaven breaking through into our reality making our reality how it should be and will be for eternity amen why don't we stand